Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast with me, Russell Davis. I was once asked to contribute to a book, a book of life stories, where change of perspective had brought a change in someone's life. In this episode, I share my story from that book, and you begin to see what the change in thinking I had in my life that led us to having our son naturally against all odds. And it's amazing the similarity between my own story and my client's story. And this could be your story, and what opens up your journey to getting pregnant. Please review or like the podcast um, if you enjoy it, and sit back and enjoy listening to this story and see what comes up for you as you listen. Loving you. In the beginning, my wife and I told ourselves that infertility wasn't a problem. We worked with young people running youth groups, summer camps and respite foster care. Our lives were full of children. We also believed there were many children that needed love and care, so we could always explore fostering adoption at some point. Then seven years into this journey, we were told having children of our own was a genuine possibility. We allowed ourselves to become excited about this. When I thought about being a father, my insides lit up and became tingly with excitement as I allowed myself to recognise the deep desire to be a father. I realised I could stop kidding myself, stop trying to protect myself from the pain and heartache, and allow myself to be honest about my deepest desires. So we began trying. But after almost another year, we found our initial diagnosis had been incomplete and I was, in fact, infertile. I should never forget the doctor asked me whether I'd been exposed to dangerous levels of radiation. It felt like in a parallel universe and it wasn't really happening to me. I would have thought life could be cruel, but then it dealt us this card, as if eight years of heartache on this journey was not enough. Having thought we'd finished and running this marathon, it was like being told you to do it all over again, and this time it was far more difficult and our chances of succeeding were far smaller. So I retreated and I found myself as a guest of a community of nuns at a convent, contemplating their vegetable garden and life. And as I sat in these beautiful gardens, my gaze moved to two vegetable patches, one full of succulent vegetables, row upon row of lush green vegetation, the other a scrubby patch of soil, a few lonely weeds, the only sign of life. Struck by the stark contrast of the two, my eyes rested upon the empty one. It felt my life like my life, barren and empty. 
Everyone else is, seemed like to me, or the other one, a vibrant, or full of things that bring them happiness. Life appeared to be easier for them. For some reason, true happiness and contentment felt harder for me to achieve. Perhaps I don't deserve life to be easy, or perhaps I haven't worked hard enough for the happiness they appear to access effortlessly, I thought. I was not truly happy. This was a revelation for me. I had many pleasurable things in my life. I worked really hard, striving for the things in life that believed brings happiness. The school grades, the degree, the successful career with a good pension, the lovely wife, plenty of friends, even a spiritual faith. So how come I have so studiously done all my homework and been a good boy and yet life seems to continue struggle and to continue from feeling like I'm thriving and to continue to feel like something is missing. So I sat contemplating the difficulties of life. Suddenly one of the nuns approached me. Out of the blue, she had in me a small bundle of fur. It was a baby rabbit that had been caught by one of the nun's many cats. She didn't know what to do about it, so brought it to me. At first I was annoyed. Why is she giving it to me? I'm here to get some space for reflection and to be left alone. I looked down at the tiny rabbit, cupped in my hands, with its soft brown fur and its eyes closed. It was panting rapidly. I could not see any obvious signs of injury, but it was clearly in a state of distress. I was pretty sure it was going to die. As I looked at this beautiful, helpless little creature, I felt an immense wave of sadness. I couldn't bear the thought of it dying alone. I know I was engaging anthropomorphism, but I couldn't help the wave of sadness and grief building up within me. Does this little baby rabbit know it's loved? I didn't want to die knowing it wasn't loved. I didn't want to die alone. I began to cry. The crying turned to sobbing. And it surprised me. Because I usually live in my head. I don't really express my feelings or emotions. But I sobbed for this rabbit. But of course, I was really sobbing for me. Do I feel loved? Do I allow myself to be loved? I knew on a conscious level that my wife loved me, my family, my friends, but how loved do I feel? Do I really know it in my heart? It was clearly a resounding no. After felt what felt like hours grieving for this rabbit, grieving for myself, a feeling of peace began to grow in me, a bit like the calm after a storm. All was quiet within me, a feeling of space, so restful and soothing. And as I continued to sit, this became a deep sense of peace. I felt loved and lovable and I felt alive in a way I've never experienced. I felt both a grounding and a calming sense of peace and love. I felt so alive to my senses in the moment, 
in a more vivid way than it ever experienced. And for the first time I could see through the illusion I created in my mind, the illusion that my happiness was dependent on something else I had to achieve or create it in my life. Subconsciously, I've been getting more and more de desperate for this elusive happiness and deep fulfillment. Having children was simply the latest condition to which I had attached my happiness. I believed that having children was a sign of a new season in, in my life and was going to be a gateway to true contentment. With a rabbit in my hands, I made a decision. I was going on a journey. I was going to start living my life, start living the life I wanted, rather than the life I think others expect of me. I'm going to do more things I enjoy just for the hell of it to play more. Follow your bliss became my mantra. I looked up at the vegetable patches. I looked to the empty one. Yes, that's my life. It's not full of thriving vegetables, but it's a blank canvas. A fertile soil, ready to support a new life.